0: Welcome to the DevReady podcast. My name is Andrew Romeo and today I'm joined by my co-host Anthony Sapuntas. Firstly, I'm excited to share this podcast. DevReady has been a journey for our core business, which is and Technologies. DevReady is all about how we get clarity around a concept and an idea. But we also thought about what does it mean to be involved in a project? Are you, the customer, actually ready to jump into a technology project? What do you need to know before you do this? If you're a non-tech person, what are the gaps that you need to actually fill in to work with technology teams, to work with advisors and to work with providers to actually get you to an outcome that you're looking for? Now in the end, you may have a great idea uh, within your business or it might be a startup or something that you see as an opportunity to make a difference or an impact. So what do you do now? How do you validate that concept? How do you validate that idea? How do you ensure that you're delivering what your customers actually need and want? Once you're then at that point, how do you ensure that your technology that gets developed, made, and built for you is actually following the outcomes that you need and going to allow you to scale out that product and deliver value to your customers long-term? Today, we're here and joined by Judy Selmans. Judy has been on a journey since back in 2011 where she first investigated what it might mean to develop a product that actually helps her business. Uh, She runs a marketing firm and basically looked at how could we actually establish a piece of technology that allowed us to survey and question people within rooms. So bringing people together, basically think of it as a form of Slack. So you bring people into a room, talk about a topic. and do some market research and surveying around that. Now that technology went through a number of durations. Through this podcast, you'll learn about some of the things that you um, learn across that journey, what went well, what didn't, things to avoid, and things to actually focus on if you're looking to jump into a technology project. Enjoy the podcast. First and foremost, I'd love to learn a little bit about your background and um, where you sort of come from and then how you got in, involved in Engage for Insights and what that journey looked like.
1: Too easy. So you know, I was thinking about myself and I think really what for me is that I'm just a born marketer. I have always been excited about this journey of finding out what motivates people, what innovates, you know, the innovations that you can bring in that excite people to go on a journey of uh, buying your product or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Then that's really driven all of my entrepreneurial journeys in in, in, the, uh, in my years, which have been a few.
0: <laughs> so you've obviously gone from an entrepreneurial perspective. Um, so market is really driven what you've done. Um, so engage for insights is really all about market research and getting understanding what why people buy. And so you can tell us a little about what sort of services you do and you offer.
1: It started. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, and it started off as, as market research but the more we look into it, it's actually more about marketing and, and I guess this comes from, it started because I was a research manager at a major re, uh, media company some years ago and part of my role was supplying quality data that the product team could use in their decision making. So clearly the information I was getting to them was critically important for those decisions. So, as part of part of that role, we were uh, of course these are the days when there's a huge amount of money and budgets and stuff. So we do it mostly on the phone and and face to face, unlike today's online technology more. And then we we, um, I my my job was of course I would listen in to the phone surveys, and I started to hear boredom in people's voices. You know, they really care less about what we were asking them and yep. what responses they were giving us. So of course that's a big problem because mm. if I'm relying on this data and we're trying to make some big decisions, then, then I've got to be able to go to the product team, yep, this is good, this is as good as it's going to get, etc. So we started experimenting back then with engagement, I'm talking about 20 years or so ago now, so it, it's a long time ago when people weren't really into this. You know, market research has always been quite a, a clinical process yes. rather than a creative one. Mm-hmm. So we we experimented a lot with. I uh, bring the team together. We talk about how could we improve this problem, and we come up with some ideas. We'd implement them with the team. Then we look at the you know the findings again, and then we experiment a bit more. And in the end, we just developed a bit of a technique that brought. You know, increase the intention, the attention to what we were doing, and we made it more about the respondent or the person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I hate even calling them respondents, by the way, because it's <laughs> a clinical term, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, we we wanted to try and bring that creativity, things that were done in marketing terms, and we wanted to bring that more back into line with with what we're doing in market research, so we could get that better quality result. And ultimately it really did prove successful. You could hear, you know, I listened back in on the calls, you could hear the engagement of it. And look, if you always get the odd person that, that's clearly not interested, they don't want to be rude. So I always gave permission for our interviewers to go hey thanks that's the end of the survey wow that was quick wasn't yeah. it you know and go that person's not interested and, and i never penalized anybody for doing that because i just felt that was better for the quality anyway mm. but the point was that this journey took us on was that there's no way i could be involved in boring research ever again i could never do it it, okay. it just didn't make any sense to us so it really did start the journey that has become an adventure, of course, in developing software and, and which you'll, I know we'll talk about and and uh, and making it more about the people, you know, yeah, Engage for Insights was born. Oh,
2: okay. Were those um, surveys uh, voluntary or were they paid people, were people paid to do them?
1: No, you know, that, that was... Uh, in, in traditional, no, surveys were never incentivized in the old days, so, uh, and we we actually started introducing that 20 years ago, and we, I know we were one of the very first to start doing that, so we started doing um, prize draws, movie tickets, and those yep. sorts of things, which of course we had access to being a media company, so mm-hmm. that was all pretty easy to do, but, and those sorts of things do help. I mean, you have to be careful with that. There's you know, it's not quite as blanket as, as saying, because you don't want people to just do a survey because they're going to be paid or they're yes. going to win something. Mm-hmm. It's, so there is a fine line, um, but it's, and it's more than that. It's more than just rewarding someone. It's making them feel, you know, in the end, as humans, we're actually wired to be in a community. Mm-hmm. We love to be involved in things. We don't, we don't want to be isolated. And that is actually one of the problems we've found with, again, surveys as such, and something that i am still got in my head that I'd love to create one day, is making it more of an engagement and more, more community-based. Social media has highlighted that in a big way.
2: Yeah, the influencers have their own little communities, and that's another avenue you can drive through th- things through. Yeah, we yeah. Um, had a client who we used to work with. He used to tell us about some focus groups that he'd go to. And he'd go to three, four a week, and change his name, and just get the fifty bucks from each one. So I can only, I can only imagine the quality of data that some people can provide you.
1: Yeah, and, and you know I, I have um, and look, you know everyone has their own technique of, of um, recruiting for these sort of things, but uh, we certainly were very fussy in trying not to get those type of people in into your folks group because they can drive the response. It's 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 not a you know. Market research is a science. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not as black and white as, as sending out, you know, a, a cheap and dirty little tech survey, which has become really trendy now. And that, uh, I think, actually is even damaging market research. You know, one of my big bugbears at the moment is that tech is fantastic. It's come up with some amazing ways for us to reach out to people. But one of the challenges currently is that it's... Um, you know, I, oh, okay. so I saw a, an article recently about uh, a major retailer in New Zealand based, they are a global company, but they've introduced a little, little survey at the end of the transaction. So you put your credit card in, even at the store, in fact, I bought something from them and experienced it recently and it really annoyed me. I put the credit card in and they've got a survey I have to complete before I can finish my purchase. That's, and yep. that really annoys me. So I, I actually just got angry and I said, "I want to cancel out of this." So she's, "Oh, you can just push that button." I went, "Fine." So it's and and even if I did push the button, am I really involved in that process? So am I?
0: It's forced upon them. The person who's yeah. buying. Which yeah. isn't a great way to actually build a good experience for your, your shoppers, really. Especially if you're in yeah. the store, you'd think that's even worse. <laughs> like you.
1: Totally yeah. right. I I just found it offensive, and you know, because the other problem with You know, and look, I understand a lot of um, execs are driven by KPIs these days. Their job depends on whether what if they meet their KPIs, and unfortunately, a lot of that's also the KPIs are coming from surveys like NPS and satisfaction scores.
3: Mm.
1: But you know, there there are also staff that could be sacked because their satisfaction scores weren't high enough. I've I've had instances where dealing with. Um, you know, I had a removalist company, I've moved a few times, and, and the guy said to me, uh, you know, I really need you to fill it out and if you don't give me a good rating, I'm going to get sacked. And you go, oh, my God, so he's actually begging me to give him, to fill out the survey and give him a good tick so that he can keep his job. I mean, yes. is that actually really That's beneficial? what we're seeing everywhere.
0: I've just experienced that myself. Like, you get that the sort of question, it's like, oh, can you rate me a 9 or a 10? Otherwise, um, or oh, just if you're happy, give me a reminder, or a Ken, that helps me. Um, it's like what's yeah. the point of actually doing that if you're gonna be guiding the person to do X, Y, Z? Um yeah. losing yeah. the actual the benefit of actually asking the survey or the question. So it doesn't make any sense, but um, yeah, if you're driving KPIs based on those mm. numbers, people are going to put in these questions and these yeah. these products say, so Please help me. So um, game
2: of the process. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So anyway, the bottom bottom line is that I guess now that we're, you know, we, we tend to avoid, we just don't do those sorts of things. We just don't want to get involved in that sort of research. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still, in some of, the, some of our clients, they use large, um, large m- market research firms yep. that, that actually do the questionnaire and we just get supplied the data and we start doing the analysis mm-hmm. for them. And I, I have to say every time we just about tear our hair out and go, Oh why would they even ask that question and you can I can actually cuz I I do a lot of open-ended evaluations so it's one of the jobs most people hate but I actually really like it cuz I get to read and I'm laughing the whole time I'm reading these crazy comments that people make and and you go oh look at this this is crazy but you start to really form a story and that's actually what's really critical in our marketing now is it's, it's all about stories, it's about the story you unearth from the data. It's not just numbers. If you can find the story, find the real understanding and passion, then you're in a completely different wavelength with your clients and, and you're opening whole many new opportunities that you never knew existed. Okay. So the
2: story helps guide the innovation moving forward and what they uncover for their new, new outcomes and goals.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. You talk a lot about
0: fun, um, and creativity in your research and your surveys. So, um, I want to sort of peer it back and get more of a better understanding of that. And then you've obviously built some technology around that sort of aspect of it and how you're driving yep. that through. So take us a little bit on that journey around what fun means and how do you make some it examples more examples
2: in- of what fun is and then we'll,
1: yeah. we'll go into yeah. that.
2: So that's how does it become more engaging for yes. people?
1: Yep, yep, no so so thank you for the question because it's uh and and it's actually not a simple black or white question so or answer rather it's it's uh, it starts from every single interaction you have with your audience so if you are um, if if you're sending out let I, I me put it this way if you're a marketing person and you're sending out an eDM yes. you Clearly you're not going to put something that's not directed towards the target, that's not in their language, mm-hmm. that's not about enticing them to read your message and get involved in your business. Yet, if we send an invitation via email to for research, we all of a sudden get clinical about it.
0: Okay.
1: And, get it. And I've even read, um, you know, like things like, uh, I actually did one, I haven't got the example sitting in front of me, but I got a, an email and I'm going to pick on a couple, I could pick on any number of businesses and they all say the same thing. But the one that stuck in my mind is LastPass. I did a free trial with LastPass and they sent me at the end of the free trial, I didn't upgrade, um, and because I had the free version anyway and it was suited my needs. And and I they sent me an email saying, uh, you know, thanks for giving LastPass a try. Uh, can you do our survey to help us? Mm. And I went, why? And there's
0: no, no buying for you, right? So.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, and so you know what? It comes from there. So to make it fun and engaging for people, you start by the first invitation. Mm-hmm. Now, he could have turned that around. He could have even done a little cute little video from the founder, and it could have been, hi, Jim. first, thing, he didn't even attention it to me. He said, hi there. Well, they know who I am because I signed up for a free trial and they emailed it to me. So firstly, it sort of said, Hi Judy, Um, this is basic EDM stuff, right? And I'll guarantee you that in their normal marketing communications, they would never ever have done that. Mm. But for some reason, there's this separation that market research has to be technical and clinical and not creative. Totally the opposite. Mm. You know, in some of our um, media clients, we had some real fun with the invitations, and, and of course, with media, we've got some different opportunities than what many small businesses have. But it doesn't mean you can't be creative. So, one of them used a comedy writer, and oh my God, the letter, the invitation was so funny and so on on target. It was, it hit the nail, you know. Like, it, I can't even repeat it. It was real bro language, and so. You know, it, it was for, totally different. When you right. think
0: about it from that perspective, it is you are looking to engage those people, right? So, if you look at an example of against the last pass, that's the general way it's been done. So, what would the engagement numbers be like if you go and do something a bit more creative and fun? And have you seen a big shift? Is it, yeah, is it drastic the, numbers? That a you would gift see? in the email or something yeah, or to like make someone laugh? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. What, what sort yeah. of numbers? What you see? Do you, sort of differences?
1: Well even with our software that we design so you know there's so many challenges within market research that um, you know it's people drop out you go on a panel so yep. people will invite you regularly to do a survey and quite frankly after a few you're pretty over it unless you're making money like you've mentioned with your first friend who's doing focus groups <laughs> yeah. so you know unless you're just doing it because it's part of your job yes. Um and most people don't, by the way. They're getting a little couple of extra bucks or whatever. They might have a chance to win something. So the point is that there's nothing in it for them. So your dropout rate of panels is substantial. Mm. The other problem that is, is pretty big for the industry and clearly for businesses, because if you're not getting the right data, then you know, that's in the end it affects your decision-making, is the, the fact that so many people don't complete the survey so you know another example last week i got a survey from a a supermarket chain here they're using a very big global company to run the software program i'm very aware of it um and they talk about doing things that are engaging and community-based i got halfway through it and i thought this is boring Mm. it's nothing and i and i'm very i'm Mm open-minded and and i try and Put myself in the shoes of, of the people doing it, because I, I think that's really important, and that's part of the UX of, of software design too. So, go to the same place, right? And and so I'm 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 a great one. Test stuff on me, because I'm super super critical, and and but I'm not abnormal, you know. So this is what happens is that people get halfway and think, oh, God, I'm over this. How much longer? And and you might go, oh, I'm only halfway. Oh, Lordy, have I got another 10 minutes to waste or do I even want to waste another minute of my time? What What's in it for me? So if, even if you get to the end, so drop-off is a huge problem. Um, so when you take into the consideration that maybe one, five, 10%, depending on how lucky you are, open your email to start with.
0: Yeah, then it's not a big number, is it?
1: Yeah, no, it's yeah. not. We're not talking huge. Yeah, that's right. So, saying. and if you've got a time frame on it, if maybe you want to do it, you know, on a, you know, in LastPass's example, okay, so they've got, at the end of the free trial, they obviously have a standard email that goes out to everybody within three or four days of completing, get them to fill out a survey. I mean. I could actually visualise the exec meeting. We're not getting to turn around the premiums, quickly, find out what's going on, send out a survey, Mm -hmm. you know, and so they patch together, you know, one of the quick tools that you can get online, put out a survey, it's, it's, yeah, and, and it's all about them. They haven't given any thought at all into what you're going to get out of it or the people experiencing it so when it comes to answering your question about what makes it fun it's a package of things it's that it's thinking about I love thinking about gamification okay so you know using what gamers do and they're getting better and better at it so you can use some of the things that they've learned in gaming how have they managed to keep people using the software how do they get them to go on to the next level what, how does it feel when you're playing a game? Are you on your own in isolation or are you part of a team playing it? And there's some really cool things because I, I confess to the world now that I do play the odd game on the phone. And, yeah, and yeah I, I, but, again, I like, to, I like to do it and I'll go, oh, how have they done that and why are they doing that? They've obviously good stats behind that. So I think as market researchers, we should be looking at those sorts of industries more social media has taught us an enormous amount about you know how we like to engage you know if, if you if you think of all the different ways that that people enjoy communicating and they just go online and spend hours just reading what other people are doing yeah or that, watch,
2: watching them play games
1: yeah, yes that is so it. So it just says so much about the way we're wired as humans and when you start understanding that, mm. then you can communicate with them better, mm. and and in the end, research is about communicating with people.
0: Okay, so, so in essence, if you're looking at, from your perspective, it's more about a communication engagement to get actually quality survey and people into the survey, rather than uh, just throwing out here's ten questions, good luck, please add some feedback, yeah. and let's Absolutely. hope somebody answers these. No, days, I think so. we did
2: something like that on Monday. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for yeah, one possible. of our products. We yeah. just added a, a survey <laughs> email to the end of a support ticket just so we can get some feedback. Yeah,
0: great feedback. <laughs> <laughs> what we could do differently. And yeah, we've yeah, got yeah, so some pointers you now, I think. Yeah, no, very good. So, in essence... Well,
1: that's what everyone's been doing mm. for so long. So, yeah. you know, I guess what we feel our role is is to try and mm. tell people that just please stop doing that because <laughs> yeah. one, it actually does you no know favors at all okay. if you send it to people that actually like you and, mm. and think of you. So another thought process. I remember a business guy once saying to me, "The most, the, the lasting impression that your customer has of you is the last impact." So, if you're if you've had an interaction with them, mm. they've maybe done the business with you, that you all got on well, and all that sort of stuff, then you go and send them a survey. Yes. So what's the last impact they've had from your business? It's the survey.
0: Yeah, yeah that's so a, the that, that guns... aligns to like a sporting world, for example. So you're only as good as your last game. It's the same thing in business. So you're only as good as your last communication, impact, result. So uh, that sort of ties hand in hand, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think if we just remember that mm-hmm. and, and stop and think before we go and send mm-hmm. some quick fix survey without thinking about the person that's answering this question, what's their life like? I mean, I often think of it like this that, you know, if you're sending a survey and you, you choose a time to send it, if your target audience is, and let's pick an easy one, so your target audience is, is, is um, mums with kids, you wouldn't send it at nine o'clock in the morning and you wouldn't send it at three, at four or four o'clock in the afternoon. Right? Yeah. You know, because they're picking up and dropping off kids and, you know, but you might, if they, maybe if they're a stay-at-home mum, you might send it at 10, 10, 30 because it could be a perfect opportunity to sit down with a cuppa. And you would say that in your invitations. So you would go, you know, oh, kids have just gone to school, sit down and have some fun with us, let's, you know, and, and participate in this little thing. And you make it about them.
0: Mm-hmm. And you it's more of an engagement and sales process to get people into a survey really what you're saying is you're not selling them into selling like them the into survey something and you're attracting them in, and you're getting into a target market. Um, hopefully, you know, your target based market
2: based on your products. So in essence, taking that information
0: through to surveying, yeah, that makes a lot of sense do you? We, like We're trying to follow like, a
2: yeah. tiny bit of that when we send our communication on LinkedIn. Yes, We try and target it yeah. around when someone's going to have their coffee break or their smoke yeah. break, Yeah, and yes. we just try and push something then because yeah. that's when they're going to be on their phone maybe looking at it, yeah. not at nine o'clock as soon as they get in and they get inundated with whatever else they have to do for the day. Yeah. But that's just yeah, one small aspect that we follow, but yep. you're opening up our eyes to a lot more.
0: So, so Judy, just um, parent back and link towards from a technology perspective, let's start a little bit more yep. in there. Um, now, obviously, if you mentioned uh, to us previous to this conversation around, you've gone down the path and developed some technology to help assist with what you're doing from a market research piece, a surveying piece, can you explain a little bit about... Um, what your current product
2: is and then we'll explore a little bit of that channel and and how you went there. Yeah. Why you went down the custom route rather than what's available.
1: So basically there was nothing else available. You know, we, we, um, did look around at, at, we looked around at a whole pile of different options, but in the space that we wanted, we felt was right for where we wanted to go and the insights that we wanted to gather, which was more of that community based stuff. Um, and, and making people feel engaged there just really wasn't a tool out there you know you could so slack wasn't even invented then yeah, so not much um,
0: back in 2011 you no know, so yeah.
1: very very early days and i remember the first development team we i went to see a guy who built a website for i mean i knew nothing about this right yep. so you just have this idea in your head and I remember a friend of ours said, Dream big dude. You can create anything these days. So, you know, you do, you start. And I'm a creative, so it was yes. really easy to dream and, and think big. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then um, so I went to see this guy who developed the website and he just he just shook his head and he went, way over my pay grade dude. No, <laughs> okay. no, no way. And it was he was really sweet and he said, Oh, it'll cost you at least a hundred grand and and like by the way, if it cost us a hundred grand, I would be just kissing the sky. <laughs> the just
0: that sort of thing.
1: Um, but but it was uh, you know so that was our first experience, and then someone else we met introduced us to a, another development company in in Adelaide, yes. and really nice guys, and they got really excited, and we as I said we were pretty much talking about developing the first Slack at that stage or a okay. version of.
3: Yes.
1: Um, and And everybody was talking about it. everyone was because this is before messenger you know there just wasn't the technology, so uh, I remember they decided they would try building it with node js, and they gave us the rationale behind it. so they at the time said we could do it as a fixed bid, which was really crazy now that I know all about this stuff. I know that you guys would just be freaking out
0: that's how most things were done it was let's see what you want to do like you said the industry has basically evolved um and everything pretty much into the limit was fixed bid waterfall model let's scope out something that's maybe six months of work 12 months of work and uh hope for the best yeah. and that's yeah, really absolutely. where the industry started and it's obviously evolved from there but you obviously walked right into it yeah and the only other way
2: you're going to get changes happening is start raising change requests and pretty then get much yeah. add-on costs yeah. on top of that and then that just upsets the customer most of the time. Yes.
1: Uh, absolutely, but you know, I guess again because we had no idea, so we're complete novices, and there's not even much online that you could search mm-hmm. for for how to do this thing. And yes. so, I, I we actually had a friend who was pretty high up in Nokia at the time as a as a tech, and um, uh, he um, he just he just shook his head and said, "Oh, it's wild." <laughs> So it, it, was, it was just sort of one of those things where you went, um, okay, well, let's just try this out and and, and, and trust people because yep. that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So the, the bottom line was um, it didn't go well. Okay. Um, it, and because, I mean, they got they clearly got excited because they could see the huge potential. If we were able to crack this code of bringing, because the, the brief really was we want to bring as many people Around the globe as possible, like anywhere from all over the world, into a room to be able to chat to each other.
3: Okay, so Slack. Yeah.
1: Sense of the brief, yes. and um, and of course their brains is going, oh my god, this could be like a huge collaborative tool. And yes, yeah. in their heads, I know that they were dreaming of of what Slack became. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but you know, for the hundred hundred and thirty seven thousand, they quoted us. Okay. Three months later, we had nothing, okay. and we'd gone through all of that 137,000, and we still had nothing. Um, and uh, we, we, you know, they were about to go broke because they just couldn't afford to keep bankrolling it. And, but they'd made a commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the end, to be honest, I knew they were going to be unable to deliver what we had, what we needed. So. Uh, you know, I, I got them out of their contract. It was not going to work. I, you know, I am I guess I'm a bit of a, maybe I'm crazy, but it, to me, it's got to be, it's got to work. The relationship's got to work both ways. That's a key if, point,
0: Judy. Like when you're talking about something like technology, it is a risk from all parties because generally you're touching un, uncharted territory. So in that instance, there was nothing, it was uncharted territory and that was a concept that was brought apart. Um, so when you're sort of jumping into a project, some awareness around technology is clearly one, um, it can be new and innovative. So as a, as a customer walking into that relationship, just be aware of that, because if it's been done before, you probably wouldn't be building it um, yeah. and then two, um, from a from a company providing that service, just be aware that yes, the customer needs to be taken through a process and a journey of, okay, we're here, this is where we want to be. but let's take some incremental steps, and that's probably not where you sort of started, and that's probably what you've learnt along the journey. So after that experience, what did you do?
1: Um, (laughs) Tore our hair out, swore a lot, (laughs) um, you know, all of the above. Was there anything Uh,
2: you could work with?
1: Yeah, um, a little bit, not much. Um, And and so we... (laughs) I actually got a phone – What I actually ended up taking over project management because that was another thing I learned a lot about. Yes. And, again, we're talking very early days mm-hmm. of the industry. So, I, you know, I'm not picking on people because, as you said, it's all early days and, yes. and the industry's evolved. But um, one of the guys that was one of the key engineers, coders, that was working on it, and I got on really well with him, and I he only heard it was going bad when he rang me from the car, from first thing in the morning, and he said, I'm just ringing you from the car park of my new job.
0: Oh.
3: And I went,
1: oh. <laughs> WTF, like, huh? Uh, oh,
0: God. That's <laughs> a great said, way to start the morning.
1: Yeah, and he oh. said, I haven't been paid in a month. Oh, shit.
0: Okay.
1: And um I just can't survive. I've used up my savings to try and keep working with you and, and with the company he was with, but you know, in the end I can't I said, Oh no, 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 I don't work that way. Mm-hmm. So I paid him for a start. Okay. Um so okay. I don't I just don't do that. I just don't feel like that's you know, again people may call me crazy, but I just don't do that. So, um and then I employed him, um, because he's already taken a full time job, which was a bummer because mm-hmm. had he come to me first yes. I would have said oh, well, that's easy, just come and work for me, you okay. know, and, and we'll do it together. <laughs> yeah. But um, he'd, he'd not been paid. He'd gone through all of that and, and out of desperation gone and taken another job. So he started working with us after hours to try and work it out. Uh-huh. Um, as I said, I think I might have mentioned early on, we used um, Node.js, which was very new at the time.
0: Yeah, it would have been early in
1: 2011, yes. Yes, yeah, right. so, um, and and... And just didn't hold up for us, you know. We we uh, we got it to running an experiment, okay. um, but during the, the the process, it just kept falling over, I and mean, oh my God, this is just too stressful. You know, just don't need the stress. It's got to work, or it doesn't work. Yep. yep. So, and um, uh, then we nearly walked away from the whole thing, thinking this is going to work. And then uh, I tried really hard to ring, you know, at that stage I. You know, again, it's naivety in my experience. So, you know, I rang a couple of companies, half-done code that didn't work. No way in the world were they going to touch it.
2: Yeah, be, everyone would be weary about that. Yeah, there's, there's obviously,
1: yeah.
2: that, uh, so, what are um, we getting
0: ourselves into? Types thinking. So
1: exactly, yeah. absolutely. So, and and um, clearly, before I I met you guys, so it's uh, but. You know, I we did actually start working with a development team in Europe, yes. Um, in fact, in Latvia, and my husband's of Latvian descent, so that okay. was somewhat drove it,
0: yes, yes. Um, Sometimes what and, it's what we know or who we know, and not what we know, so um, yeah, that yeah. sort of drives the decisions you make, so yeah,
1: it, it, it does in the end, and I guess because we had relatives in Latvia, like you know, I looked at India and you know, Asia and things, and and um, it just felt I don't know, it just didn't feel right to me. It's okay. probably yeah. the best way I can explain that. Uh, and again, without experience, I thought, I'm struggling enough to get someone in Australia to do this. Why would I go to someone I can't understand?
2: Yeah, going in um, blind makes it... Just take a step
0: back. So how long did it take you to get to this position? So you've obviously developed the software, not working, got on uh, this working after hours.
1: This would be about over 18 months. So, so this 18 is-
0: months, okay. So you come to the decision yes. that we need a team
2: and we've gone to Latvia now um, and we're exploring yeah. this. Okay. So it would be early
1: 2013? Yes. And, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I try not to add it up. <laughs> yeah. It's been a bit of a scary process. But I, and all through this, I kept going back to, to you know, my partner in, in life and business, Eric, and I'd say, are you sure this is what we actually want to do? Like, you know, and I've sent him off to do another business case for me. So I guess this comes back to one of my marketing and business background is that, you know, I I need to know is there a market out there because we talked to businesses about it, but it was so new and so foreign that they just go, "Wow, sounds interesting." You know, in the end, that yeah, that yeah. was all I get. Did you actually and, have and uh, so-
2: people there to end up using it? At the end of
1: the day yeah it's really it's really hard you know i mean i remember someone years not that long ago actually telling me oh you know i would built a new crm and i thought and they said well we just did this and we tested them CRM crm's different because everyone knows what the crm does yes there's, there's a
0: weirdness as to what you're building right <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: so and if you're going to a niche market within a c with a crm well that's easy you just go to that niche market and go what do you need your CRM to do? Well, actually, quite frankly, that's that's shit easy. Excuse the language. No, yeah. I would do something that simple.
2: It's very but, straightforward.
1: But we were doing something that was totally out there and and just sounded weird in, in many many ways. But we kept reading blogs and and stories from people that kept saying, uh, oh, you've got to reach, you've got to listen and talk to your customers, and 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 then they'd be asked, well, how do you do it? Oh. Um, not really sure, just, just, just go and approach them in the street, you know, you can get a survey and stand there on the street corner or in the shopping centre and you go, oh my goodness, there is a better way, guys. There must you be know? a better way
2: than that, right? People still do that. And <laughs> yeah, it, they do. It doesn't work. I don't know how many people I have to knock back when I'm walking around.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then of course you were starting to see some online focus groups coming out, but again not driven on engagement at all. So that wasn't going to work for us. So yeah, in in the end we we did use the Latvian team, and and um, uh, you know after our experiences, the one thing I can say that was great was was certainly their work ethic and and uh, their attention to detail. What they did was was fabulous, but. Um, it's still a journey that cost us way more than it, you know, really should have done to yeah. be honest.
2: But, so yeah. How did you find communicating with that team? I know there's a language barrier, but not having a technical background saying, translating what you're after to clear enough specification for them to understand yeah. to deliver what you're after.
1: Great. Great question, Anthony. And I think this is where I underestimated again, again, my naivety. So. Um, it, it, it's like you you think you can speak you can speak English. You can <laughs> yes. I, I can even almost speak text talk. Yes. So I you know I'm I'm pretty communi- I'm a I'm a communicator. So you don't think it's that hard. And I would write out what I expected something to do, but it was nowhere near the style that they needed it to be in. And and that was a massive learning curve. So. I do remember one instance where um, we had the code audited afterwards and, and I, I digress in slightly but it, it relates back. It, the, the guy said to me, he's looked at the code and he's gone, wow, how did they do this? And I went, and I said, well, I don't know. Just, I just, he said, well, why would they? I said, well, I just said I want this. Yes. and I'd give them what I had to do. That, that was my outcome that I wanted to see, something that would maybe frustrate me with using a particular thing. And, and the guy said to me, MailChimp hasn't even worked out to, how to do this. And you're like, you guys have nailed it. This yeah, is amazing cool. stuff. But again, because, as you said, Anthony, I didn't, I didn't know what I was asking for. Yes. I didn't realise I was asking for the Taj Mahal. I actually <laughs> thought I wanted something to work.
0: Yeah. So, so on that relationship, yeah. how did you approach that? So when you went to this Latvian team, you basically, you found a team. How did you go about finding a team, one? And then two, what was the working relationship? You probably learned from, let's not go down the fixed price route, or how did you actually approach it the next time?
1: Yeah, so um, a, a combined, combined thing. So firstly, finding someone who would take on our code, because okay. I wasn't prepared to throw $100,000 in the bin. That was... Yep you know that—that's my practical side of me. Just mm-hmm. says I just can't stomach doing that. Yeah,
2: well, there's an investment being put in that you have to try and leverage as much as you can. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what I guess I didn't understand, and if I understood now, mm-hmm. is that you could use the learnings from that and in fact make it better. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, one of my mm-hmm. one of my bigger mistakes. So mm-hmm. I paid them on an hourly basis to fix yeah. the bugs. Yes. Mm-hmm. With what we currently had. Yes. Now, that ended up probably costing us another $100,000. Just to fix
0: bugs. Yeah,
1: okay. Just to fix it. Yes. And in the end, it was still no JS and didn't hold up.
0: Okay. So, so we ended up having to throw
1: it all in the bin anyway yep. okay. and start again. So it, it's – but you don't see that when, you know, you're sitting there paying the bills and you just mm. go, I've got this thing. Uh, it must be worth something. Like I've got the shell of a house. Yes. Why can't I can't put a couple of more supporting walls on it and make it stand up without falling over, for example, you know,
0: just quickly, and did you change technology?
1: We did. Yeah, yeah. we actually went to Angular in yeah, the okay. end, so mm-hmm. um, uh, we kept node for some aspects. Yes. So um, uh, you know, we, we did actually, we successfully got money through the R&D in Australia. And uh, because what we were trying to do was so new at that time, there was, yeah. there's nothing like mm-hmm. it. So, but that doesn't help when you keep, and, and of course, R and D, if anyone's gone through the R and D process, they actually want you to experiment and fail. They like failure. Yeah. They appreciate so, that.
0: That's what R and D is all about. It's, you learn from it's it's it. A, you start with a hypothesis. We can do this. Yeah. Yes, this might be able to happen.
2: And then you drive yes. and you learn And then what learnings you take and then how do you reframe the yes. next outcomes that you're
1: yeah, exactly. So going through that, and I think that you know, so there were some challenges of using an offshore team, and and one of them was was certainly the you know the R and D process in Australia. Having a team that understood that process better in Australia, I think. Again, my I've I've got the most amazing degree now that that has cost me a fortune, but. <laughs> What goes on in my head now and yep. the knowledge I've got and how I would approach it next time is yes. completely different. Um, I, I wouldn't hesitate to use the findings and ditch it and start again, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Um, and, and that I think was what not got explained to me, in early on. It was like, you know, I remember reading a company in Sydney at the time when I was trying, looking for a development company and they said, um, Two hundred and fifty bucks an hour plus project management, and we start all over again. Nothing you've got's useful.
0: And did they look at it or even understand that? No,
1: no, they
0: okay.
1: weren't even interested. So in weren't interested. Me. Yeah, yeah. 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 Was just, They just, just weren't yeah. interested.
0: Those they were you out of the project. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably the mentality, and I, I don't appreciate that mentality because in the end, you're someone that's looking for help. You're, you're, you're looking out for help, and people come to you. And it's like, how do you guide them? So. Like we're approached from time to time with the same sort of thing it's yeah. still happening today judy it's not just you you did this uh in 2011 and the scary thing is it's still happening yeah today. we've had
2: three people um, in a similar yeah. situation in the past month
0: yes so it's pretty scary to think yeah. what's going on in the marketplace and they haven't had that experience that you've had so they're basically going in with the same blinkers on
2: thinking okay
0: yeah this could be easy let's put 100 grand into this and uh we'll get a result yeah. in the end and they don't really get anywhere. And then even from
2: a development business approach, getting someone else's code is always going to be a hassle. Yeah. It's
0: a
3: challenge. You don't know
2: what it's done, how they did things, what their thought process was, especially if there's no documentation behind it, Mm -hmm. which there really is. Yes. Trying to understand how to piece it together. That's a process in its own. And it's another project before the project actually has to start from our end.
0: Yeah. So not having a company, even looking at what you'd had is probably, yeah, just not interested. but, yeah, it's still happening today where people just ignore from a development perspective, just don't want to get involved in that rescue project which people coin it um, and don't want to help. So, in the end, I think it's... I'm
1: curious, I'm curious it's, though, Andrew, is it is it because, you know, from your perspective, yeah. sorry, I'm turning the interview back the other way. No, that's fine, yeah. From that's fine, yeah. From your perspective, yeah. is that because, um, you know, you look at some people and and you decide that, oh, they're not really going to have what it takes to make this happen? I mean, have they not got the commitment within themselves or the company? Or well, Why why would you not... Why would you turn back? Why, why would you not help people through the process? Is it, is it too hard?
0: I, I, my, from my perspective, there are instances where some people are just not open to going down the barrier of the education, so they don't really want to take on the advice. And sometimes it just becomes too hard from the perspective of okay you've gone that like any great example i can give you about a month ago i had a lady approach us um she got a few quotes on a project um ended yeah. up 800 grand mark right so she went down that path already which had a conversation around that she ended up trying to do things on her own accord put about 15
2: 20 grand into it so she found someone who yes. would yes. do it for 16, 17, 000, yes 16 17000 something like that yes and yeah. she went with them instead of the people that then provided yes. An $80,000 quote. So yes. already there should have been some red some flags, red flags coming up, right? And then It's a quarter of the cost.
0: Yeah. There's no, and then she's coming to looking for help, and they're not willing to take on any advice. The advice that we gave was, okay, let's just get a grip on where your current project is, what we can keep, what we can't, and get an understanding on that. And she's coming from the perspective of, I want this, this, and this done, and this is what I it's a time frame I
2: need it done by and it's basically mm-hmm. the
0: terms are pushed forward so and I it think it's even not even a list of around.
2: things to work on she said yes I want uh feature corrections yes and that was how she defined it yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. it can't get any more yeah. open-ended than that yeah so
1: yeah you know <laughs> interesting when I when I, I met someone a couple of years back and she was uh, she'd appointed you know, some development team yeah. to to do an app for us yes. and uh and so she was dying to pick my brain on, on yeah. you know, obviously my journey and yes. how I could help her. And mm-hmm. and I started laying out a few ideas, and she's sitting there, and her eyes are getting broader, and she's just <laughs> going, starting to. I could see the panic rising yeah, in her. Yeah, because
0: there's so many unknowns. She'd
1: already lost 40k. or, or yeah. put 40k mm-hmm. into it. Yeah. And I just, you know, it's, you know, we've just talked about. Well, come up with a budget that you're prepared to lose if yes. it doesn't, because, in, but. But also understanding exactly what you're talking about. Maybe we should write a joint book. Yeah, potentially.
0: Um. <laughs> There's plenty of information here. We could tackle so, it from both and angles. And then they could take the L angle. We've had a, um, a group out of Singapore that are developing a product overseas that have approached us recently. Um, and they've been open to advice because they can see that what's,
2: what they've done is not working. Yeah, they understand um, their limitations. They don't know anything about tech. They don't yes. know how to manage the project. Yes. They know that they've got challenges. And yes. we've come on board as an advisor to yeah. help them. With the process.
0: In essence, you've got to be prepared to walk into a relationship and help the person or the the company for what they need. Sometimes, like in business, we just throw people our services and what we do. Um, In essence, they needed just someone coming in and just helping them frame a project management at this stage. Yeah, so the developers that they're working with, let's continue down that path because we don't know what we don't know right now. Um, yeah. and we'll assess it and, and see we'll how it plays out. Try and manage that process. if it is untenable, that's fine. We'll look at another angle. But if we can make it manageable and work, that's probably the place that's gonna solve the problem right now. So in essence, it's we throw on our services to people generally as businesses, and that's probably a mistake that businesses made, and we've done that in the past. Yeah. We've said, All right, we don't do that, we do this. But the realization is, the customer's on a journey and they're in a place where they're stuck. And the problem we're trying to solve here is how do we get them to the next step? Um, and if you take that realization into anything, what's your outcome? What's the next step? And how do you get there? That's really where you want to start it. So as long as they're yeah, willing and
2: want to have feel the same way from their end, yes, yeah, because so it it's not going to go ahead because either the development company doesn't want to get involved with yes. something that they're not aware of, yes, or the customer is coming to you, mm-hmm. thinks they know everything, yeah. and that's why they're in that position they're in, but they don't want to change anything they've done. And if you don't change, how are you going to improve? Yes.
0: And I think yeah, what yeah. I can learn from you is you've got a learning mindset. So the mindset from your perspective is, all right, you've come a long way. You've invested 120 something thousand dollars into your first project, but you've gone another hundred grand just to fix bugs. And then I don't know, I can't imagine how much else you spent on this thing. <laughs> so yes, yes, and it keeps growing growing. Yeah, but the experience that you've gathered from it. Um, where are you now? So what? What are you? What position are you in now? And where does it currently sit?
1: So, so the software is complete yeah. and works, and is absolutely sensational. Yes. It's doing everything we wanted to do. Perfect. You know, in the end, I guess yeah. for us, the winning was for us actually i can't tell you how exciting the very very first session in fact every session is for us when we we get a group of people and they start chatting and and then at the end they actually thank us Mm -hmm. for making it so much fun and and we now have you know it's it's interesting because we we've got a like a we call it like an avatar gps we've got this system inside where we know where they are so they can wander through the room it's a virtual room okay. they can wander through each room which is full of its own multimedia in each room and, and a different discussion they had so you have a different discussion in each room and it's like nice. a like having a wandering date you know okay. you walk through a hotel and each room is a different surprise so you mm-hmm. walk okay. into each room and you, just, you discover something new and, and so we can track and see where everybody is and, and it's so much fun sitting there watching where people are, how they're interacting. Um, we, did a, we did a study not so long ago and it was clear that we were their entertainment and, and they, they clearly had it on a tablet or their mobile and they, you know, they may have even been watching telly in the background or whatever yeah. they're doing. And, and they're involved and they're reading everyone else's comments and getting involved in it and having an open discussion. We did, I love, it's interesting, we did one in Ireland ages ago and and. Um, and the Irish are just as funny as they, they write just as funny as they sound and make jokes. It's as, as glorious, but, but they are, they're little, I, I figured if, if clearly we make it anonymous because it's about security and privacy mm-hmm. and that's part of why we don't use social media style connections and things. But it, um, I swear if we'd let them know who they were, they all would have been down the pub having a Guinness. Yeah. So <laughs> they were just having so much fun. So that's really cool. I, I remember presenting to a, a, a market research traditional market research company and, and we listed all the rave reviews we get from people using the platform and it just looked at us and you, know, you don't get that with research. Well we do. So So you've you know, created
0: would you say a competitive advantage in your space with what you're doing differently?
1: Yeah, it, it's it's just it's it's just it's just actually you know what it is it's thinking about the people involved in mm. it you know too much research in my opinion and it clearly it has to be this way yep. you you look at it from the client's perspective you understand what the client's trying to achieve from the answers and its objectives and you write down the questions and you but you never ever have i ever heard a market research company go well your respondents, you know, your users, your customers, the people that are actually using this and are giving you the answers, then no one thinks about them and their journey and their experience because there's an old saying that I worked in a radio network a very, very long time ago and, and the old saying was, if your, listeners, if your listeners are happy, your clients are going to be on board. So, it, and, and it's the same thing with this. If you have got your audience participating in your survey and they're yes. loving it, then you're going to get the results. That that's just it's really quite very it's really very very simple, but we've not we've looked at it again from this clinical, researchy scientific perspective all the time. So that that really is what we changed, and and I'm. I'm still determined that we're going to change it with other types of surveys as well. Yeah, it's and brilliant what
0: you've uh, actually achieved and come up along that journey. Um, so from, just to peer back a little bit, basically we've developed just over the last three to four years through our learning and the process that we've had, a products, which is really a consulting piece of work, which is DevReady. Um, and that really drives in on the research of your stakeholders, um, We are engaging with a couple of people now that look at more of a, and I think we have to have a chat with you a little bit, around the actual user research and then more diving in on that perspective. So it could be a conversation we can have later on, um, how we add more value into that offering. So it's all about getting real clarity around outcomes, driven focus, because generally people come to you and like you said, you're trying to develop a product, um, but what is the outcome of that product? And then that product that you're trying to develop may not even be what you need uh, to deliver upon that outcome. So it's really early stage, getting an understanding of the business, the challenges they may have, building awareness in on that. And that's really yeah. what that process is all about. Um, getting it quickly to an MVP. So uh, that's what we're framed and what works well for us in terms of how we educate our customers. Yeah. Um, and that's the question I sort of had for you. What are the key yeah. pivotal points in what we do with DevReady is always looking at the vision um, of what your product may look like um, and basically getting a good understanding and clear picture. Now, back in 2011, you had a vision and I like to ask this question because generally we have an outcome that we're trying to achieve, but what we imagine that to be within software is not necessarily what comes out at the end as the best result. So, So from 2011, you look way back there. Um, you had a vision, you had an idea about this collaborative room where people would come in and you had some sort of fun market research. Where you are today, um, how would you describe the differences and the learnings that you had to the journey from where you thought you'd be to where you are now?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I think, um, I wouldn't say polar opposite,
0: yeah.
1: but but it's certainly, and for a bucket load of reasons, it changes. Yes. And it should change. Yes. You know, I, I actually really like the Slack story, and, and I know that you guys know this, but they were developing some completely different product and uh, it didn't work, and then they, they'd actually developed Slack as a way of communicating within the team, and then they turned that into a product. That's right. So, you know, yep. consequently, that the rest is history. Mm-hmm. But, um, and things do change, and yes. you, you change by, uh, I, I guess... Um, a simple example would be when we started, MailChimp wasn't very good, okay. and MailChimp was pretty much as good as it was. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was dominating the market and yeah, that's what the market. main ones you would use. That was all we signed up to it back then, yeah. actually we had our yeah. 700 newsletters as yes. well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and then you add to that, um, the clients that we were working with, which were predominantly media companies, were completely disorganized. So. Yes. Things like um, an EDM, and, mm-hmm. you know, any, any sort of email mailing system was, wasn't heard of. So when we went to them originally and said, "Well, we need to email out to to your listeners yes. to get some feedback," they go, "Oh God, we don't. How's that going to automate?" So we <laughs> actually had to build our own Mailchimp inside the system.
0: Well, oh, go.
1: That's not needed now. Yeah,
0: that's so right.
1: So we rarely use that whole side, mm-hmm. which was a massive part of our development.
0: Okay.
1: So we then um, tacked on. In fact, very much at the last few months before development, we realised that that the market had changed, and we were so absorbed in the product yes. that you don't see what else is going on around you often. So, um, and we realised that you know since we started this whole thing, things have so much changed. So we actually now. Um, d- developed an iteration of it so that you could access the room via a url and um, and made that whole thing so much simpler and and with zapier integration as well that mm-hmm. we had to introduce so that it could hook into whatever system they used, whether that 's you know keep and, and um, hubspot or whatever it is yep. so it 's that that changed completely yes the the actual guidelines, the actual room, the virtual room mm-hmm. that we used, didn't change very much mm-hmm. um, it, because still no one's doing it. I mean, I think what blew us away was that, you know, 2000, and, in fact, it was 2009 when we developed the concept and, start, and Eric started talking about this crazy idea and I thought he was off the planet and I'd send him back to his <laughs> book and go, Go and, go and have another drink, dear, or play, you know, play your instrument again. Like, because he's a trumpeter, so yep. go and blow the trumpet a bit because I think you need to let off the steam. He's <laughs> gone a bit mad in there. So, um, And so I, But then, you know, a couple of years later, and he, he wanted to keep going with his concept, and and we really thought, this is a no-brainer. This is so, so obvious that someone's going to beat us. And we kept thinking, oh, one of the big guys will mm-hmm. get in there first. And so that was, did form a big part of our process to market at the early stages because okay. it's not patentable. It's an idea. You can mm. copyright anything, but mm. you just change a few things and, and anyone yeah, can do exactly, it. That's so, exactly
0: right. That's why we have 2,500 CRMs these days. There's <laughs> <exactly. can't>, <laughs> not much you can do. Yeah. So would you say yeah. the objective never changed? Your outcome, Sorry, would, would you say your outcome never changed? What your core outcome you were focusing yeah. on, what you wanted to no, look
1: It yep. didn't. No, because really in the end what we were looking for was a place yes. that, you know, people could gather to talk yes. about a brand yep. as part of the brand's mm-hmm. team Yes. and and enjoy the experience. And that's, that's exactly what we started with. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we ended up with. Yep. And ironically, we're still the only one that does it with engagement. Okay. So. Its,
2: but the its way support. it's been done has changed over time yeah, and so leveraged with the essence, technology.
0: Where I'm sort of leading that is your vision and your big picture is where you need to start your product from. So what will change is all the functionality around it. So when you're developing a product and probably you can give me sort of your feedback on this, my sort of thinking is, like anything, we need a goal. We need a vision, we need an objective. If we don't have that, we've just got this functional driven development, we end up in going out no man's land. So if we start off with a basic goal and picture uh, of what we want, all the functionality to get there may change. And in your instance, it has. So your email marketing components completely changed. The technology behind what you're doing has completely changed, but still, you focus on delivering that outcome and you've let the rest yeah. evolve and the learning evolve and change the way you've done it. So that's the learning that I've had and what actually works in development. So love to hear your feedback and that it makes sense from your perspective.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. I think if you've got, mm-hmm. you know, if your core premises mm-hmm. is, well, certainly for us, you know, our core premise never changed. Yes. But. The delivery to market has definitely changed. Yeah. It's it's gone through many many iterations, and I think that's true for any business anyway. Yes, because you important. know you're yeah, and the market changes. Expectations change. Yes. Other technology comes on board. Other priorities happen in business, and and so you you know I think one of the the big things for market research and us is that it's seen as often as a nice to have, not a must have. And, and our form of research is even more of a nice to have. Now, in our opinion, it's a must, must have, have. Yeah. but we've got to communicate that. And, and that, that is, you know, it, it comes down to a communication challenge mm-hmm. uh, and an education challenge. You know, it, because we're so used to just sending out something that doesn't involve the audience, you know, we, we've been, quite frankly, happy to bore our audience and, and to just accept that that's the way it is. So it's, it really is educating people, you know, even um, actually I, I, really, I really like it's, it's so many people say they're customer centric, but then you dig a bit deeper and then they've put a funnel survey in. You know, I'm sorry, that's not customer centric. It, it means you're finding out information. You think you're finding out information about your customer to make you better in the customer's eye, but in the process of doing that, you're upsetting your customer. Is that what you mean? You know, is that really your motivation? Jeff Bezos said, you know, the amount of startups he talks to, and he said, they believe they're customer-focused. And he said, when you talk to them, they're actually competitor focused And what I mean by that is that they're focused on features. If you are... Your whole life is chasing to be to have another feature that's better than your the competitor, then it's a competitor focus. It's not about that, it's about what are, what are the features that your customers are actually using. What features make their life better? Well, how do they use your product in order to make their life better or their experience with you more engaging and better? So you can't find that information by having a survey.
0: What you're, what you're sort of alluding to there is, and I think the, the world's starting to wake up, and because of social media, we're in a place where customers now and people can actually give immediate feedback on service, on quality of product. And yeah. we've only entered this world recently, so we've only been in it for five, six, seven years. Their voice is limited to heard. physical friends anymore. Yeah, so okay. people and businesses are starting to understand that customers are important, but I think your point's really valid. Um, we're, we basically still can be tied into the fact that if we're competing with direct competitors, what can we build to be a little bit better than them, rather than just yeah. going direct to the customer and saying, what do you actually need, um, and learning from that experience. But sometimes a customer doesn't know what they need, but that's okay. But just being yeah. around your customers and being involved in what they're doing day to day, how they're utilising your products, like from your perspective, how they're utilising your product within their surveying, within the virtual room, I'm sure you're managing and watching that and learning from that and then evolving the product from there. So
1: you raise a really good point, Andrew, that people don't know what they're going to do in the future. Yes. And and, uh, so, again, this is where an open, emotional, relaxed conversation isn't necessarily going to unearth what they're going to do in the future but they can tell you a bit about their life Yes. so you can when you understand more about your target audience and what motivates them what drives them and all the stories their individual stories that's when you can start getting creative within a team environment and come up with solutions that solve the stories. Uber is the most perfect example of this. So the taxi industry would never have ever been able to create Uber. No. Because it just would have been impossible for them to do. Because they would have, they would have not gone, they wouldn't have asked the right questions for a start. They, they wouldn't have identified how people are using it. They're just going, well, do you like the cleanliness of our taxis? Do you, you know, they would have known those sort of issues. They would have known things like, um, you know, taxi drivers get lost and they're paying, lo- you know, all those sorts of things that, that we, we know about taxis now. But, of course, with Uber, they broke the mould and, and sometimes it takes, it takes understanding and in an Uber's case and in an Airbnb as well, those who start, they actually were the customer. So they've stepped out because they've gone, why can't they hear me? Why can't they? They don't even ask me the right questions. I mean, I, I did a survey um, years ago in Another Life, one of my entrepreneurial spirits, I owned a pet shop. Okay, and nice.
0: uh, yeah, do you, that was do fun. you what type of pets? Dogs, cats,
1: what's your oh, favorite? So, uh, this was, it was quite interesting actually yeah. because I I opened the shop and never ever wanted to sell live animals because I thought that that was, you know, not the way to go. And I think I'd been open about a month, uh-huh. and you know, and I'm going, No one's coming through the door. I'll put a fluffy kitten in the window and see if it brings anybody in. And literally, yes. I had all these hordes of people come in the shop just to, you know, yeah. pat the kitten. And then a a guy gave me then, he had a litter of Sharpes that he's purebred, and he said, do you mind if you try and sell them? So I'd put them in the shop window during the day, and he'd take them home at night. And oh my God, the people that flooded in the door, and I went, oh, I'm going to sell live animals. Yes, that's what customers want,
0: isn't it, Judy? (laughs) Exactly, and
1: that's exactly, you're totally right, so... Yeah, that started on a whole new journey. The yep. point was, I was getting to, is I had a survey mm-hmm. sent to me by a local pet shop, yes. um, you know, about six months or so ago. And I, I know what I would do if I had a pet shop still now. I yes. know exactly because I, you know, I'm a passionate pet owner and I, you know, that the emotions behind owning a pet are very strong. So they're, they're family members mm-hmm. and so looking at the care and the whole, the whole thing is a different thing altogether. And emotional not one question or one opportunity for me to, to actually share with her um, you know she did some things right she introduced herself and herself and said she was the marketing manager and wanted my feedback tick that's a great start mm-hmm. um, but the, but again standard set questions that didn't give me an opportunity to explore what I could have I actually could have given her a lot of insights given my background Mm. she'll never know that Yeah. Um, Yeah. and and they missed on an opportunity Mm -hmm. if you have a chat a casual chat with people and you then you're more likely to understand their motivations in life and then when you do that you could have found out you know the the challenges that um, you were facing if you were you were developing the next Airbnb or Uber for example and that's but there are so many cases in history, new coke, so many test cases um, <laughs> of, of doing enormous amounts of research and doing it all textbook right, mm-hmm. but still not understanding what the market Actually, wanted to do.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: yeah. yeah. And yeah. and that is a challenge. Um, and I don't think you'll ever overcome that because people don't will never know what they're gonna do. They don't know what future tech's gonna bring. They not don't know that you know, what's going to happen in their lives and and what that shapes and what attitudes that changes. Mm -hmm. However, if you understand enough about their personal drivers, if you segment your audience and understand the niching of your target and then communicating with them as a niche, bringing together that form, that community, you unearth a whole pile of stuff. So what we see in our conversations online are, people someone will say something and then someone else will chime in and go yeah I have that experience as well and so all of a sudden you have a splinter conversation um and and we keep it focused on topics as I said early on it's like a topic in each room so that you can discuss that one topic and and that that was a big part and and it it does you know with with we, we come up with new ideas and sparking ideas with our clients now all the time. So you, the, the customers are part of that and we also involve them in the process afterwards, you know, letting them know how important their feedback was and what they actually did to contribute to the company's growth. and. Get it people love that you know I
0: well, I like, everyone likes to be a part of something bigger than themselves really so um, if we could share some more information about our experience and help somebody else I think yeah, everyone likes to talk about their world and their experiences and if it helps someone else it's a value really so yeah. mm-hmm. quick question for you now if you were to jump on and you've mentioned you've done this before with someone that's developed an app or went down the technology path and said I've got an idea um, what would be the first place you'd recommend they start or think about or look into so what would you say start here before you go anywhere
1: the first, i i and i <laughs> it might sound a bit obvious yeah. as a researcher yes but but uh, the first thing i would do is to talk to the audience and i wouldn't go I think one of the biggest problems many people do is they might go to their family and friends and say, oh I've got this great idea, I'm going to create, um, I'm going to get rid of taxis and I'm going to just drive my car around and I'm going to pick up passengers and charge them and I'm going to build a little app so that they can just book me whenever they want. They'd all think you were insane. and you get the black hatters of your, you know, of your friends and family going, say, you're crazy, mate. That, that's not going to happen. No one's going to trust getting into the car with a stranger, yep. which we know through reading that it was one of Uber's biggest problems mm. that they had to overcome. But the point is, if you go into a conversation and you go, if, if you went into your, your friends and family and you hid your excitement a little bit and you go, I've got a bit of an idea I'm playing with. I really like your experience of how you use taxis. Do you find any challenges with them? Are there things that you would like to improve? So all of a sudden, you're getting, you're having a conversation for a start. You're yeah. not imparting your dominance on that position mm-hmm. and you're finding out whether you are a lone wolf and you're the only one who's ever, ever had a problem with getting in a taxi before or yeah. it's actually a common thread. So you go from, from family and friends, so you've just had conversations over a drink in the pub and on the back of the coaster, all that stuff, and then you start exploring it and getting it out more further market. You have to find out what the problem is first that you're solving.
0: Yeah, it's the root cause, what's the root cause problem that you're solving. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And always yeah. keep that in focus. And yes. And even within the team, you know, like, so many you know even if you're a company and you need some procedure software that makes your life easier in the team even talking to in the team and working out exactly what their issues are as small as they might sound understanding those first
3: yes.
1: and then solving the need I, I really believe if you do it that way rather than you getting all head up and excited um, and in some ways That was our fault and our problem. We did we didn't probably do what I do now, Um, and 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 that was because, you know, people would say to us, "Yeah, it'd be great to be able to talk to people," but when we shared, you know, they didn't know how. It was just a blank. Well, I don't know. I'm 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 just going to send them an email. Hope they answer my survey. As I said before, talk to people on the street or whatever. So. It it's it has been a little bit more of a learning curve. I have a favorite story of the guy who invented the shopping cart. Do you know he paid he paid customers, people to push their, their his shopping trolley around for 2 years before anyone would think about using it.
3: Interesting.
1: So, okay. <laughs> well, of course, Good. you remember the day yeah. when, um, in those sort of days, you went to an old-fashioned counter yeah, they would load and you said, up. I'll yeah. have a jar yeah, of that and yeah. a t- you know. Yep. So, yeah, so we are talking about, again, early adopter, mm-hmm. and, you know, so, yeah. So that's okay, so a of
0: foresight in these world, basically.
2: Yeah. So on top of doing the research and understanding... Key problems. Key problems and having that in focus, if someone else listening was going through a similar journey to what you went through or was about to start, what are some of the key takeaways they can try and focus on to try and Pick up their overcome some of the challenges even yeah. that you went through before they even get them? Yeah.
1: just yeah. um,
2: uh, <laughs> a Jeez. couple of points.
1: I really think I need to write the book. <laughs> um, it's, um, I, I think really next time, I, actually next time for me, I feel like I could project manage it because I feel like I've learnt the language I need. Uh, if you've never done this before, you need someone that's that you're prepared to pay, or you get a partner in that loves the idea, that's had the experience in the tech world.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you you absolutely need that person that can speak the language, that understands. What MVP really means, <laughs> <laughs> because this concept of minimal viable product for somebody who has a dream is different.
0: Yes, yep. it can be a, a three-year development process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and and that was certainly something I yeah. learnt the hard way. Yes, um, and uh, so I would, I would, uh, you know, as a novice either have very deep pockets and are prepared to learn, employ someone and be prepared to pay for them and and stick with your idea and go for it or partner with somebody who, who likes your dream and, and wants to share in the rewards of it if you go that way. But you absolutely have to have somebody on your team, I think, ideally outside of the, the company you engage. That's... You know, And then it makes it easier for a company like you too, I would think, to communicate with somebody who's on the right page, who understands where you're going um, and... Um, it's more about it the that-
0: process, right? I think you, you've touched on a really key pivotal point there. Um, if you're going to engage a third-party development team, definitely have either someone on your team or someone else third-party vetting that process so at least you know what you're getting and you're got some uh, some oversight as to what's happening because I think people get a little bit lost and they jump in a, a development project. they don't understand what development standards are, they don't even know they exist, um, what testing processes are, they don't know you can automate certain things and if you write code in certain ways you can test them, if you write them in other ways you're going to be having three or four people testing every single feature and you're going to have a problem down the train, chain all the time with your, with your product. So. Yep. Just getting real clear on standards and processes is one thing I would recommend to anyone out there um, that's, that's looking to jump into this process. But yes, if you are to engage a team, have someone on your team that they can understand and talk tech, or yep. engage another third party that has some credibility that can help and advise um, from that top level. So yeah, no, that's, If you that's you're amazing. in
2: over your head, don't try and... Don't stay there on your own. Yes yeah, pretty it's like, much. It's like anything, all right.
1: um, so so I was saved I I I don't even want to know how much money I would have saved. So you know talk a number, just Well, just... <laughs> uh, well if, if I um, if I had so of course up front, originally when you've got this idea and you've got a you've yep. got a firm budget in your mm-hmm. mind, the last thing you want to do is go, oh, I've got to employ someone now that's gonna add another thirty whatever, you know, whatever percent on yes. top of that. 25% or something on top of that cost and you go, oh God, why would I want to do that? I can do that. yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I've done project management. I'm not, I'm not an, I'm, I'm highly organized. I should do this. Mm-hmm. So, um, but oh my God, if I know now, <laughs> I know, there's absolutely no way I wouldn't engage someone. Yeah.
3: You know, mm-hmm. I, yeah.
1: it's like I was actually talking to a guy the other day and, and he's, he's, he's um, uh about developing some other idea that you know yeah. and, and that he likes and and we sort of we seem to be working pretty well together and he said oh you might just go off and do this on your own i said no nah. <laughs> <have>. <laughs> and i think that
0: I, <laughs> that's an interesting he, point
1: <laughs> he's dad, he's interested so he's a techie person so yeah. perfect from my perspective yes. because he would solve that huge problem and i don't you know, um, you guys are nice, but quite yeah. frankly, I don't want to deal with, yep. with the engineers and the and the pedanticness of um, in this in this case and this scenario. I mean, I get I I get I get these emails that would be going. Well, that doesn't work if, if the user clicks on this button and da 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 da, and you're going through this quagmire and this this maze, and I go what the hell I just want it to work guys yeah. you know like yeah. and you have to think of every possible outcome and mm-hmm. scenario just not my bag yeah, it's I'm, a different
2: I'm, thought process to be that very analytical detailed, yes. analytical and like yeah. workflow driven person process so driven give a bit
0: of a bit of a, so I'm more of the visionary type person so I'll see probably your bucket um, I'll be, yeah. be, be all over those emails <laughs> yeah, he, he just loves diving into detail right? or
2: I'm the one that wrote it up and made it confusing for you <laughs> to understand <laughs> yes yeah, so,
1: but even if you are a process-driven yes. person, mm. it's different in the tech world. Yeah, you have to have yeah, that, that technical have to have knowledge
2: to yes. so yeah, put just, it together and know what works, what doesn't.
1: And, and, and actually understanding, because it's a learning curve in itself. I mean, I don't mind processes. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm quite comfortable building the processes within my own business. Yes. But um, when it comes to building tech that is not my thing, mm-hmm. Anyway, the point is, to answer simply, don't even, to, to anyone listening who thinks that they've got this fantastic idea and it's just going to employ someone from uh, overseas and uh, on Upwork and they're just going to develop the app and it's all going to be all awesome and they're going to make a million bucks, yeah, maybe go back to the drawing board and see. <laughs> <soon. laughs> I
0: think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I think um, we'll leave that as the yeah, key, yeah, key takeaway. Key right. yeah. takeaway today, so... Get some help. It's like anything in life, right? Um, if you want to learn how to if you're you got a weight problem and you want to lose weight, get someone that's gonna help you guide that. If you've got a smoking problem, get someone to help you guide that. If you're looking to go and educate yourself in a business world, get a mentor. Um, and I think if you look at that from that perspective, if you want to build tech, get a tech mentor, get someone that's done it been through it. And I think Judy would be a great mentor or someone that's jumping on board uh, if that's what the world you wanted to live in um, and actually guide them through what the key challenges and pitfalls might be. So if you're out there listening, um, find people like Judy that would be interested in having a conversation and just sharing their knowledge because just hearing your thoughts and stories will give you a lot of different questions you need to be asking. A lot of different yes. thought processes that you have to handle
2: the way. Well, share this out to as many people as you can and get yes. the word out there on what to avoid yeah, and how to do things.
1: Yeah. Because, you know, I, I really do think, I get I get quite scared for people mm-hmm. that have, have mm-hmm. um, you know, by all means dream because yes. the world's full of dreamers and we wouldn't be where we are without yeah. them. And, mm-hmm. and, right. and, you know, I put myself in that category, yeah. but, you know, if... Just learn from the <clears throat> huge amounts of money I've wasted on not doing it. And you're
0: not properly. the only one. <laughs> There's not thousands the only one.
1: of others yeah, out there. you know. There are so many people who are losing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars by just not following simple advice. Mm which is invest a percentage of the project into someone who's on your team. Yes. Yeah. Someone who gets it from your perspective, who understands your dream, who will get deliver the outcome and work with, you know, people people like you guys that that so that you can do it together and make it happen. That yeah absolutely it's just it's it's the most critical aspect i i believe
2: yeah i think that's the only way it'll work if you're doing anything with anyone overseas yes uh here you can find a team mm-hmm. that has that people involved potentially yeah, yeah but i still think but if you're out doing it yourself yes yeah, you definitely need that there's no other way around you're going through
0: a learning curve and in essence you're backing your choice so the team that you choose is really they're going to either be a great team and get you the result or they're not going to be able to educate you through the process um, yeah. and you don't know
2: if you and don't yeah, know. We don't learn this stuff overnight. No, so yeah, and experience <laughs> we've gone on. through school and yes. 11 years of business to get yeah, to the point know, where we I understand I, yeah, that. In terms of
0: education and uni and learning how to code was not really where it all gets learned. No, really but that's the technical, really the project, the technical knowledge so, yes. starts. Yeah, it's a starting of learning, right? So we're always learning, evolving in our business started out as a business that we jumped in and were developers and we started something but in essence we've come a long way and it's really about the problem like you alluded to it's about the the customer in the end and what you're solving for them it has nothing and absolutely nothing to do with the technology technology is really just a way to scale out it's a tool exactly so it's still business model. and, and that's,
1: yeah. another really good point point, Andrew, to maybe finish on is that um, in the end the technology is nothing it's no, whether yep. it's going to be used mm-hmm. it's 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 really the means towards the end Correct. which yep. is is providing a service or whatever it is that mm-hmm. that you're doing for either your team or your customers so mm-hmm. yeah i and i, I you know' I'm, I'm, when i met anthony originally and i thought um i i'm, I'm really excited that, that you guys are, are doing this and and getting in this direction because it's it, it's and I, i'm pleased to see the evolution of the industry yes. uh it, it's it's it needed a rocket up it when we started and, <laughs> and i think um, i believe
0: it still does <laughs> yeah majority <laughs> yeah. of it, I, I, yeah. I can't answer because yeah. i try to avoid it now yeah but, <laughs> it is, you know,
1: but yeah and then but it's good to see that i think um you know with incubators and mm. stuff that are that are happening with, with tech guys and things that there's a lot more training on you know aspects of it but if you are like me no experience Mm. it's it's a daunting process so i i you know yeah it's great that there's options like you guys out there now
0: perfect i appreciate you taking the time to have a chat and share your story your journey and uh thanks again and um yeah, love to learn a little bit more about your market research side one day. So let's have a chat okay. off this uh, podcast and yeah, talk a little bit more. But thanks again for your time. Really cool.
3: appreciate it. Thank you, it. Juden.
2: Uh, have a great afternoon.
1: Yeah, and thanks for the opportunity, guys. No See problem.
2: You Thank you. Bye.